Let's go ahead and go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. We're going to dive into the continuation, actually going backwards a little bit from last week. As we started off last week in this Advent season with talking about the precious Holy Spirit and His role within the Advent story, the Christmas story. And, and today we're going we're gonna to dig in some to the humble nature of our salvation story. I mean, just the humble nature of the entirety of the whole thing. And starting in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, an angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For God, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Amen. Then Mary said in verse 38, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Lord, we thank you for this, this story, Lord. We thank you for everything that your coming has accomplished in this earth, in history, in each of our lives. And Lord, today I just pray that you would be magnified, that you would convict and continue to transform each one of us into your image. And so, Jesus, we give you all the glory today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. <clears throat> the humble nature of Christ's coming in our salvation story. You know, I could start today with a couple questions and ask each one of us Is there anybody in the room that has a hard time being humble? <laughs> As the giggles start to go around, well, probably all of us to one degree or another, right? True statement. If you don't raise your hand, you probably need to be the one up here, right? It's just the nature of humility. It's kind of hard to um, 
It's kind of hard to win against it. Maybe somebody else, maybe you're a different person. Maybe humility is not so hard for you, but sort of in the same category. Maybe you, you find it hard to let somebody else win an argument in your life. Anybody? Is anybody? I just want to know one thing. Who in the room is always right? Raise your hand. I mean, be honest, because then you'd have to repent from that too, right? Just going to call you out. We're going to make sure we hit, we're going to hit every one of us with something right now. Here's one for you. Feeling misunderstood? <laughs> She's like, Lynetta's like, me, I'm misunderstood. Only Lynetta? Feeling misunderstood? Okay, James is right. Feeling like people around your life just don't understand you or don't understand stand where you're coming from or your situation or, or just various things in our life. Or here's one for you. If we haven't hit on anybody, have I not hit on you yet? Raise your hand. No, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to set you up. Anybody not getting the respect that you deserve? Nobody? Oh, all right. We'll go back to the humble one for you. They're all setups. I, granted, I admit, they're all complete setups. They're all setup questions. They apply to, to all of us in some way or the other. But today, what I want to attempt to do in looking at the, the, the severity and, and just, the, the, just the, the deepness of this Christmas story, I want to try to give us all perspective. I want to talk about not only the humility of Christ, but the humility that's found throughout different aspects of this Advent story, our salvation story. And it starts with that passage that we read right there, speaking of one of the most known young ladies in entire history, if probably not the most known young lady in, throughout history, the humility of the maidservant Mary. Where it says there in Luke, when the angel came to her, one of the first things in verse 30, as Mary's trying to wrap her head, this young, it said, 15-year-old girl, I mean, this young, young lady, as the angel comes and says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. In verse 38, it goes on to say that Mary's response was, Behold, the maidservant. Not an elevated response, but one that's very aware of her stature in life. The maidservant of the Lord. The one who's nobody of the Lord. The one who's this menial servant. And then in verses 46 through 48, as a result to her response to the word from the angel sent by the Lord, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state. Everybody say the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth, all generations 
will call me blessed. Right here at the beginning of this Christmas story, we can see this young girl even, not even yet to be considered a a lady, though soon to be in that category, this young girl of no reputation before men, one that even viewed herself as lowly and as a maidservant, the important thing was that she was one in her lowly, humble state that found favor with God. Everybody say favor with God. All any of us need as we journey through life is favor with God. We work so hard at gaining favor of man. We work so hard, husband and wives, man. We, we like labor and bang our head against a brick wall sometimes trying to find favor with one another. Anybody say amen? Don't you dare. Don't get yourself in trouble. Don't let me get you in trouble. But all any of us need is favor with God. And it's important to know that that favor with God always comes by way of the humble road. Favor with God always comes by way of the low road. As we always say in mostly marriage counseling, we try to tell people in pre-marriage counseling, but we'll end up saying it a hundred times and maybe more if you journey with us for any amount of time, but we'll say that somebody always has to go lower. Somebody in every argument and every disagreement and every, every, you know, friction situation, somebody's has to take the low road. And here Mary, in this first part of this Christmas story, Mary took the low road, viewing herself in this lowly state, and she made space for the visitation to take place in her life. We don't know what the other rendition of the story would be if if Mary was not who Mary was. But of course, Mary was who she was because that's why the Lord chose her. And it was because of this, this humble young girl that walked in favor with God, made space for this visitation, not only of the angel in her life, but this visitation of the Holy Spirit in her life. And she made room in her heart for the King of Glory to come into her life. Like a salvation experience almost. The King of Glory came and burst forth in her womb. And she began to sing, My soul magnifies the Lord who has regarded my lowly state. The second aspect of the, the humble nature of this salvation story is we go on to Jesus, where it says in verse 31, it says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now we're gonna we're gonna try to we're gonna go out on a limb here and try to stretch all of our ability to to understand something. When the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and the Word of God said, 
in the power of the Most High shall overshadow you, and within your womb you shall conceive, and he will be called Jesus. Something changed in heaven that day. We don't often think of this aspect of the, the humble nature of the Christmas story. Something changed in, in the heavenly scene that day, in the heavenly atmosphere, we might, we might say. On that day when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and Jesus, remember, 100% God and 100% Amen. One more time, 100% and 100% in embryo size. The entirety of the Godhead found in Christ, the third, the second member of the, the Trinity, made his abode in the womb of that young, humble maidservant, Mary having trouble being humble in your life, feeling misunderstood, you'll begin to understand the, the nature of those lead questions as we begin to see what Jesus actually did when he was even before his entrance. We get caught up in his, his birth in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes, but, but before that ever took place, his home, his abode was within the womb of this young girl, Mary, in all, in all fragile state. The very womb which he himself created. He found himself in this place, carried in the womb of his design, in his creation. Within the delicate womb of this young girl was our Savior to be carried forth until his prophetic interest into this life. Talk about one, our Savior, our God, willing to humble himself. Taking upon this, this it's hard for us to even wrap our head around the fact that that, that embryo, that that child that began to grow encompassed the, the fullness of the second person of the Trinity and Godhead. Oftentimes in life, as we're going through different humbling experiences, let me just ask you, has anybody been through a humbling experience this week? One, two, three, four. Right? It's just like, welcome to life. We don't... We can't, like, cry over it. We can't get depressed over it. We can't get angry over it. It's part of journeying. And it's like every time we go through one of these humbling experiences, you know what's always interesting about them is how in a moment of time, we feel like we're kind of in this little incubator, or you could even call it a womb. And all of a sudden, with no matter how many people are around you, no matter what's going on, all of a sudden you feel like you're all alone once again. We know that God is with us. We know the Holy Spirit is, is in us as men and women of God. But through each one of these humbling experiences in life, it is accomplishing something in our heart. It is a, 
accomplishing something in our journey in life. And we have to learn to be a people to embrace every opportunity to be humbled. Because our flesh, and you know your flesh, you know your pride, you know all those aspects of your life that are just the opposite of humble. So we embrace, like Christ embraced this, the, the humble nature of being carried forth in the womb of his mother, Mary. Number three, we get to the humble entrance into this world. In Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when So when all to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee and out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, The days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. The beautiful manger scene, probably the the scene that most depicts in our Western Christian culture, the scene that most depicts the celebration of the season. The manger scene and, you know, all of history from the beginning of time until this day that Christ was finally to come forth, Christ Jesus was the answer. Amen? From before the foundation of the world, we know that the the Bible tells us that the Lamb of God was slain. So not only was his entrance into this world prophetic and had to happen, but we know what his life was going to reflect. We knew what his death, we had an idea of what his death was going to be from Scripture. But nonetheless, here Joseph and Mary are just living out their life, and Mary's carrying forth this child within her that was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is is being carried to, to full term within his mother's womb. And the most important night the world would have ever known, ever, from from eternity past and far, was soon upon us. And here they were because of this this sovereign decree of, of Caesar. He sent out this decree, of course, no mistake, that this decree would go out at the time of Mary soon ready to give birth. But there's a problem. It's like this story that was forever planned ever since the beginning. This story that was 
orchestrated by our sovereign God from the very beginning when Joseph and Mary finally arrive at the point of where they're going to give birth, there's a problem. There's no place to give birth. It almost makes you want to scratch your head just for a millisecond, if that's even a thing, and say, Lord, did you forget one aspect of the most important night that history has ever brought to us? Lord, you, you, you prepared Mary and obviously she's carrying your son and prepared to decree and, and everything. But when they come to the, to the city of David, there's no place to give birth. Why? Why wasn't there no place to give birth? Because Christ had to come forth in this manner that was going to be humbled by all creation. He had to come forth not as a, not as a reigning king, not as one who was powerful or in charge. There could have been every inn in town could have had a bed waiting for them had that been the Lord's plan. You know, so many aspects of this, this Christmas story is just simply reflecting the humble nature of our Savior, but it's not for our Savior's pur purpose because He's perfect. But the humble aspect of the story is, is for each one of our benefit. It's for our benefit. Because we all walk through this life. And one of the greatest lies that end up being told to us is when we, we try to walk through this life and we get convinced that we have to somehow make something of ourselves in this life. We've got to do something. We've got to be something. Before men and even, even as it that thinking really matures, it even goes and trickles into our relationship with God. That we have to be something before God. And from the very beginning of this, this story, this Advent Christmas story, we can see that every aspect of this story was nothing about us or even our Savior having to be something in the eyes of men. Jesus' coming was always planned, yet when Joseph and Mary finally got to those final moments, the only place that was available to them was this place with a manger. And that takes us to our next aspect of the humble nature of this story. And again, the goal of today is to just to, to kind of bring each one of us to, to full reality of the need for us as men and women of God to, to be humbled. To be humbled by what Christ has accomplished for us, but to also to be humble as we walk through this life. We have no excuse to be full of pride and to be full of self. 
We have zero excuse when our Savior has, has demonstrated for us the path that should be taken. It's quiet today. It's good. It's a good quiet. That's what I'm going to tell myself. Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 18, we get to the fourth aspect. And it's the humble audience present. So it was in verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into the heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. All of heaven and earth, all of creation could have been present at that birth of Christ. Our Lord could have seen fit for every, every cherubim and seraphim, and angel and king and priest, wealthy man and woman could have seen fit to make sure that, that every living being could have been there to celebrate this great coming forth of our Savior. But no, quite the contrary. There was no angels there at the manger. Only the shepherds got to experience that unbelievable sight. There were no cherubim or seraphim or any other choirs. There was no trumpets. There was none of that at the manger. Just here with daddy and mama. And as our manger scenes depict, we get the impression that just all the animals in the, the farm were there. The shepherds finally made their way to the manger scene to give worship to the king. But think about it. Not even the angels appeared above that manger. How easy would that have been? They appeared just moments before to these shepherds. And even the shepherds themselves, the ones who were the chosen to be the witnesses of the babe in the manger. Even the shepherds themselves were of lowly profession. Important profession. What they were doing was very important, as you may have learned last year at our resurrection. And we're going to do we're going to add some stuff next year as well. Caring for those Passover lambs and preparing for 
and being able to identify a sacrifice when they see one. Even the shepherds of lowly profession, not ones that would be held in very high esteem in the city. No marketing, no, no fireworks there. Just a, a quiet night at the manger. It was a quiet night. There was miracles happening all around, but the manger scene itself was a very humble, surreal night when the Savior, Jesus, burst forth into this world. The humble nature of our salvation story. The day that our Creator... The creator of everything that we know, everything that we see and experience, smell and hear and taste and feel. The day that our creator came into this world and became a permanent member of his creation. How humbling was the day. Again, none of us have any reason for any pride. And of course, we're talking about, for those who need clarification, the bad sort of pride. The stinky sort of pride. The pride that gets the best of us. As we look at what Christ was willing to do and how this Advent story was not just simply, he just popped up into the world and lived and died. No, there was, there was so much lower. He went so much lower than, than we before Christ could ever have imagined a God would be willing to do. It tells us in Philippians that says, let this mind be in you. In Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. You see, our problem oftentimes is we think, if I may speak directly just for a few moments... We think too highly and too much of ourselves. We work too hard at, at being important and being right. Yes, we have to be a people who work hard to provide for our, our family and even work hard to, to walk with and serve the Lord, but stop working hard at just becoming important for the sake of important. 
Jesus spent 90% of his time here on earth, and really it's 100%, but stick with me for a moment. 90% of his time here on earth, it's almost like there was a tenth of his time that was dedicated to ministry and public ministry at that. Prior to that time, Jesus, for those first three decades of his life, spent in complete obscurity. Not only was the the method in which he entered the world humble, but he spent the first three decades of his presence in this world in complete obscurity. Of course, when you think and consider the fact that the whole, the 100%, he still left his heavenly throne and that time that he spoke to his disciples never leaves me when he was having a bit of a hard time with his disciples one day and he looks at them and says, you know, what if I just go back to where I came from? That's paraphrased. What if the Son of Man returns to the place which with he came? He says, what if I just, you know what? What if the Son of Man just goes back? Because there was going to be a, a return. But again, for, for if you would, just, just sort of go with me here. For 34 and a half years, there was a complete change in the atmosphere of heaven. That's like a drop in the bucket for our Lord. But 34 and a half years of, of the one who was responsible for everything, the Son of God, part of the, the triune Godhead, being part of his creation for those 34 plus 35 years, walking in this humble state. In the majority of that, having no public platform until those very final three plus years. When did becoming someone or, or having to work hard at becoming something, when, when exactly did that become a godly trait? The more important godly trait that, that we need to add part of our journey through life that we can glean from Christ's entrance, from his early life, from his ministry life, from his death upon a cross, is the humble nature that men and women of God are supposed to walk in in this life. If you're having trouble with this idea of being humbled and walking in humility, I have a, I have a simple solution for you first. And the, of course, it never is as simple doing it as it is saying it. But you have to first find yourself in the presence of God. And you have to find yourself there often.
If you are having trouble being humble, being humbled, giving way to humility in your life, I would simply say that, that perhaps you need to make space and make more room like Mary did to find yourself in the presence of God. Because there's something about the presence of the Lord and humility. We get, we get a little freaked out when we start thinking about humility, some of us and sometimes. Because humility or being humbled has a bad image in our mind. We relate it to somebody trying to humble us. We relate it to being a child and peeing your pants in, in your schoolroom and all the kids laughing at you. I don't know. I just pulled that one out. You relate it to something that is just something that gives you bad feelings. Whereas the way that the Lord humbles us and allows us to walk in humility is, is something that, that is done in a completely honorable and helpful way in our life. There is a way that we come into God's presence on a regular basis and just by virtue of being in His presence, we ourselves are humbled more. It's this reminder to us every time we come into His presence how small we are. Nonetheless, He looked to, again, Mary, the maidservant. He says, I know you're lowly. I know you're small. I know you're really nothing in this life. But you're going to be the vessel that I use to carry forth my son. Mary's entire life. Mary carried Shalapayanda. Mary carried in her womb. She conceived and carried the son of God because she was highly Favored of the Lord. Now you and I, as we humble our heart and open up our heart to Jesus, we now carry in our womb, so to speak, the seed of the Spirit of God. And by the Holy Spirit being carried forth in and through our life, we ourselves become the highly favored. Of the Lord. Mary was just a picture. She was a picture. She was a picture of, of how it was gonna it was gonna invert itself. She was to carry the Savior so that every one of us would carry the Savior in our lives. So we all you say, but man, I just don't think I, I will never be like a Mary. I'm not 15, starting with. For some of us, all the men in the house, I'm not a woman. Oh, you know, all these aspects that we, that we just get, you know, we major on minors. When it's all about carrying, carrying, carrying Christ everywhere we go. That itself, that itself makes us the highly favored. That itself makes it so that we all 
have everything that it takes to be humbled and to walk in humility before the Lord. And I'm telling you, if there's anything in life that we need to work on and by the power and the presence of God through our life is that we, like Christ, can have this mind within us. That being of no reputation, he took upon himself the form of man. He humbled himself and walked through this life. That is one of the greatest character traits, godly traits that any of us can exert and express through our life to continue to bring glory and honor to the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would on this week before Christmas Day. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's just open up our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to your name. You know, we're just, we're just going at it today and working through the pride of man, working through the, the selfish ambition of man, working through just the, the fleshly aspects of, of walking and living for Jesus upon this earth. Just open up your heart right now. Just open up your heart before the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to come. Allow the Holy Spirit to come. Allow the Holy Spirit just to come and just even now, don't, don't miss an, just one more opportunity. Just one more opportunity. One more opportunity to be in His presence. You know, I got to say just, I mean, yesterday I was just kind of preparing for today in the afternoon. I just, I found myself just, just enraptured. I mean, just... Just completely surrounded. Surrounded by his presence and his goodness. And I tell you, it just never fails. It's like it's like the first time all over again. Every time. If it's every day, if it's every week, it's like his presence, his touch never grows old never grows old we spend so much time working on things in the flesh and with determination and some of us have a lot of determination not a bad thing but we spend so much time trying to do some things in the arm of the flesh when the Lord is just calling us I mean he's calling us to this to the secret place I mean the manger I mean to me it's like the manger scene was just the the epitome of the secret place it wasn't put on display for the whole world to see it was just it was just it was just there happening just there happening the whole world was gonna one day finally see and know as we're still working on that today, even all these years later, we're still today working at proclaiming like the shepherds. When they saw him, they went and made widely known the things told them about him. When they saw him, 
When the shepherds saw him, something happened in the heart of those shepherds the day that they saw him. Oh, people of God. Oh, people of God, if we could just continue to see him as we journey, as we journey through our life, if we can just keep our, our heart and our eyes fixed upon him. Just right now, just, just take a moment, just, just close your eyes. We ended just a little bit early today so we can just have a moment, just have a moment right now. See him like the shepherds saw him. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, we need you, Jesus. <laughs> the magnificence of that day when our eyes are opened and our hearts, our hearts can see, our hearts can see the goodness of the Lord, the provision of the Lord, the joy of the Lord for our lives. It's humbling it's <laughs> to carry, to carry our Savior, to carry the Holy Spirit within our hearts, within our lives. In the natural, you would think that it would, it would somehow do the opposite. But it is so humbling that the Lord would so choose. He would choose us. He would choose this way, this method to save us. Not just appearing in all his majesty and glory and striking his sword upon the ground. But he came, he came, and he took the low road, the humble road that each one of us would follow. It's time to walk this humble path. It's time to surrender. Surrender all we are. Oh, we surrender all we have. Jesus, it's surrender, Lord. We surrender to you, Jesus. Just come, oh Lord, we need you, God.